You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, February 26th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it where podcasts are found, and please leave it a good review. Joining us today as our guest is a writer at my website, GangGreenNation.com, and my friend, Craig Sniffin. Craig, welcome back to the podcast. John, always a pleasure, my friend. So let's talk about the Jets heading into a big offseason. And before we started recording, Craig and I were talking about the offseason to come, and we started talking about the draft. And Craig made a really good point to me. He said that you can't talk about the draft without talking about what happens in free agency first because there are a number of different ways the Jets could go in free agency, and that, of course, will impact the way they view the draft, the types of players they're looking to select. So, Craig, let's start off by talking about free agency. And if you were Joe Douglas, how would you approach free agency this year with all the cap space the Jets have? Well, I mean, you look at it what he did last year. And last year, he kind of went and kind of cheap with a lot of his uh, signings. They were real cheap contracts, um, not long, so that way he can get out of them, which was prudent. Um, but he went more for like a, um, a lot of guys instead of signing like one or two quality guys. And I think maybe he might look back and say, you know what, maybe I should have gotten a couple of guys that you know are solid and I can put, put, put them in there and then we can try and, you know, fit the other people in next to them. So, um, I mean, McGovern, uh, he was kind of, you know, okay at, at, uh, at center, but he might be better at a guard. Uh, you could bring in a Corey Lindsley or something like that that would solidify the center position. He was the number one ranked center this year. Um, real good kid. I mean, he's only 29 years old, so he's got life to him. He's he's been um, he's been a number one center, I think, rated by PFF for the last two years straight. So you're getting a quality guy there. You have like a Joe Thune you can bring in. I know New England's probably not going to uh, franchise uh, you know him again because it costs too much. Or you could go get a Taylor Moten for, you know, at, at tackle, at right tackle, and bring him in and solidify that. Um, really depends what he wants to do and, you know, how he looks at, you know, guys like Chuma Adoga and stuff like that. How does he see those players fitting in, if they fit in at all? So I think a lot of that's going to come to a head before we actually get in. Even like an Allen Robinson. You know, Allen Robinson quality receiver, and he he's a big guy, and he's uh, – we were a little heavy on, on the roster that can teach a Denzel Mims how to play because basically players learn best from their peers. I mean, coaches are great and they do a lot of they do a lot of good stuff, but when the guy's sitting around and they're looking at film and some guy says, "Hey, listen, yeah, look, when you do this, drop your foot here and and spin this way, you'll you'll you get them, you know, you'll be able to get open." And they show them little techniques that sometimes mean a, a whole lot. So um, it'd be nice to have a guy in that's been successful in the league. I mean, um, I, I know Robinson's had like 200 catches in the last two years combined, um, like 12 yards on average, and he didn't have a really great quarterback. So, I mean, the guy gets open, he makes catches, makes tough catches. He's a, he's a gamer. So, I mean, that's a guy they could bring in. And so whatever they do, then they're going to do something opposite of that, you know, when they're in the draft. So if they, they draft, if they bring in a bunch of linemen, they might go after receivers. If they bring in a receiver or two, they might just go after linemen. But We'll see how they want to work it. 
Now, the quarterback situation's uh, clearly uncertain right now, but would you like to see the Jets focus the reset, the resources more on the offensive side of the ball than the defense? Because, you know, you've talked about receivers and linemen and not so much on the other need, on the needs on defense. I personally, and the reason I ask is because I personally would like to see the team focus on really rebuilding this offense this year. I'd like to see that be the priority. Are you of the same mind? I think you can almost do both. I mean, like I say, if you bring in enough people in free agency, I'm not talking about a bunch of guys, you know, time two or three guys, quality people to bring in who would really help out. And then you fit in a couple of draft picks and then you can bring in, remember we have, um, you know, CJ Mosley's coming back this year. So that's a major cog in the middle. If you bring in another uh, um, linebacker who can learn from him, you know, there's a few out there that are really good that you can probably pick up in the third round or so. Um, if we're talking about drafting a quarterback, well, then you're probably going to get another pick from the Darnold because you're probably going to trade Darnold. I know that uh, they were talking about Darnold, you know, saying, well, we haven't made our decision yet. Well, if you haven't made a decision yet, you've already made the decision. <laughs> if you thought Darnold was going to be your quarterback, you would say, no, he's our quarterback. You know, we're going on from here. Um, you don't leave them out in the wind like that and say, well, we're still looking at things. And, and when they say that we're, they haven't you know, gone over all the uh, quarterbacks yet that in, the, in the draft, I'm sure they've already studied all the tape. I mean, that's, that's been done long past. They're looking at character now. They're looking at each player, you know, going back to talking to his you know, high school coach and stuff like that and find out exactly, you know, how this guy likes to work. And is he a, is he a worker? Is he not a worker? Is he, you know, those players like him, you know, they, they go really in depth with that. I think that's what they're deciding right now. Is there a one guy out there that they want to be the, the face of their franchise, but he's got to be, you know, he's got to be stellar. You know I mean? Um, that, that, that's the way it's got to go. I mean, you're using the second pick on somebody. He'd better be a guy that you can count on. Yeah. You said it. Character really matters. And before we started recording, you, you, you gave the perfect example of Ja'Kai Polite, a guy who, had ability, but just maybe didn't have the work ethic needed to succeed in the NFL. You know, I've said for a long time that in college you could dominate based on pure talent, but everybody's got talent in the NFL, and you gotta you gotta put in the work if you're going to succeed at the highest level. That couldn't be said it better. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, and that was a big big draft pick for the Jets too, because we didn't have a second round pick because of uh, you know our trades and stuff like that. Um, and to have a guy at the top of the third round and you, you whiff on that, that really said that, you know, we there's a lot of guys out there we could have gotten instead of Jai Polite. I mean, it, it's always that way, though. You know, look at Vernon Goldston. I mean, Vernon Goldston was a sixth pick in the draft. That was a whiff. You have to make sure you're, you know the guy's going to work hard, you know he's going to be able to develop, and that you can develop him. If not, then you're just, you know, throwing darts in the wind here, you know? Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Using promo code Locked On, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk about the second overall pick. And Craig, you write a lot of great articles about draft prospects. And you wrote one a couple of weeks ago about Zach Wilson, a very thorough piece. And you, you're a big fan of Zach Wilson. Talk a little bit about him. 
Well, I mean, you remember that when he first came out to BYU, and a lot of people are saying BYU is a small school. They're not a small school. They used to be called quarterback U. <laughs> That's when back in the 80s and 90s, you had Jim McMahon come out. You had Robbie Basso come out. You had Ty Detmer come out. I mean, there's a guy in the Hall of Fame uh, from uh, from BYU So as a quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, it's not a small school. He went there as a 19-year-old, and he was, you know, a young 19-year-old. He hadn't been coached that much. And, you know, he had he had talent, but he, he didn't have – I don't want to say focus on that talent. He didn't – no one told him how to throw the ball. So when you watch him throw the ball as a 19- and 20-year-old, you see how he was almost throwing against his body. He, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't opening up his hips. He wasn't throwing with, with good uh, technique. And then that year he, – now, he lives in Utah. He was going all the way to – driving all the way to San Diego. It's like a 10-hour drive to, to meet with um, one of the coaches that he uh, – used to be a quarterback at, uh, with Philly, uh, Beck. And what happened was he – work with him for hours at a time. Then he would drive back home again, and then he would come back down again a couple weeks later, and he'd work again with him. And you saw a completely different quarterback. I mean, the next year he was throwing the ball like, you know, it was, it was on a dime. Everything was – he was throwing with anticipation. He was learning how to read. He was looking for, you know, receivers before they were even out of their breaks yet. Um, and you can see he had more zip on the ball. He had better accuracy on the ball. He's, I think he's the most accurate quarterback in this draft. So if you want to look for somebody that, you know, can come in and if you, you can run any kind of offense in the NFL that um, for a young person, you know, just give him some reads that are easy and he can get the ball there on target, you're going to be successful. I mean, you know, might not be a game breaking to begin with. Remember, I've been doing this drafting for a long time and I saw Peyton Manning come out and I thought he was the most ready to play quarterback I've ever seen uh, coming out of the draft. And he struggled his first year, and he worked hard. And But, you know, he did develop because he worked so very hard. But even the most diligent guys are going to struggle sometimes their first year or two. But you'll see that, that progression. You'll see them start to get better and better and better. And then they become like old pros. And uh, I, I, Wilson, like he only has one year of, of, of quality play so far. Um, is he going to take that next step? But that's what you got to, you know, that's what you, they, I think they're, they're looking into right now is he – going to continue to develop the way he wants to um, develop into a, a franchise cup quarterback because that's what you need you have to have somebody he has the talent now can he continue to develop that's that's the key how do you feel about the other quarterbacks who could be possibilities for the Jets in the first round well Trevor you know Lawrence is going to go number one um, I don't think he's a generational talent but I think I think he's, if you look at him he's played in a lot of big games he's played He's led that team, and, he, you know, he, they were number one team in the country for a long time. That's a heavy moniker to have on your back, you know, and always have to, you know, live up to that. So he did that. So you you got to give him. He's the number one guy. Um, if you look at, the, I mean, Trey Lance, I think he's a, he's, he's a very good, crazy, probably the best athlete of anybody in the draft. Um, throws the ball real well. He's a little – he needs a little bit of technical refinement when he throws the ball. And he likes to run a lot, too, so – I like to see, you know, he played in a smaller level of football. Uh, when you watch his tape, it's amazing how many guys are wide open. But, I mean, he gets the ball there, and he, he has, you know, tools to work with. So, you know, he's, he's, he's a, I'd say he's the question mark in the draft because he's got the type of talent you want, but he didn't play against really tough people. And uh, he's got some glitches in his system. Um, fields, I, I like Fields. Um, I don't think he's – I don't say – he kind of reminds me a lot of, uh, of Ray Lucas out of uh, when I, I, I 
I watched Ray Lucas out of uh, Rutgers back in 95 when he was coming out. And they're almost similar size, like 6'3", they weigh like, you know, 210. Uh, Ray Lucas was a quality quarterback. I mean, he was a Jets quarterback in 1999. Um, he went like 6-3 with them. Um, he had like 14 touchdowns, like six interceptions that year. Um, not a franchise-type quarterback, but he's definitely a quality quarterback that you can bring in and win you games and win number, numerous games for you. Um, I see him more of that type of a quarterback. Will he develop? I mean, if he develops more than he is right now, then he'll be better than that. It's just, as they say, it's all that development that you have to worry about. Teams like when you see like Clemson and Ohio State, I think sometimes it's harder to judge those quarterbacks because a lot of times they're just killing the other team. They, they don't have to worry about, well, is this one pro going to like win the game or lose it for me? They're always going to like win most of the time, unless they play in like a championship game. So it's, it's really tough when you watch all that film. They're, really, they're calm in the pocket. How about when it's in the NFL when you're down by two touchdowns and you've got a trash rush coming at you? Are you still going to be that calm and you're not going to make a mistake, um, but you're going to lead your team back? And that's, you, have, you have to be determined. So let's talk about pick 23 and pick 34. Who are some of the guys you like at those spots for the Jets? Well, like I say, it depends on what exactly we're due before the draft. And then you figure out, you know, because, you know, I, I like uh, Terrace Marshall a lot. I mean, he's six foot three. He looks so fluid when he's playing. He just looks like he's not even trying. He's running right by guys. And he's, he's long. He's got long arms. Um, he's, he makes like most he makes contested catches look easy. Um, I've seen him get held by guys. He catches with one hand. Um, he's not the most, uh, I would say, he doesn't have the greatest talent running roots right now, but you can learn that. Uh, he has this natural talent. He's amazing. Um, if you look at other guys like Jamar Chase, of course, Jamar Chase is, is somebody that's going to be gone before then. Um, I think a lot of these, like um, Smith will be gone before then. Um, Rashad Bateman is a possibility. Another guy, 6'2", 210. Um, Rondell Moore, he's more of a slot guy, uh, quick as anything. He runs like four three three, so and he's really really quick. Um, so I mean, any of those guys for you know, um, on the offensive side, uh, I mean that's probably which way you want to go. You want to keep adding, um, definitely you want to add some potential to your offense because without that, then you, you can never come back. If you get behind by a touchdown or two, then you must write the game off. You have to have some kind of firepower. And, I mean, the Jets have to have, don't have that much talent on the offensive side of the ball, so you really have to add it there. And it makes more excitement for the fans, too. I mean, you want to come see them score points. And uh, if you can have, like, two or three big receivers that can catch the ball and, and are fast, you know, you're always in the game then. You know, if you have a good quarterback, you're always in the game. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, I know you always have some good sleepers in the middle to late round, so who are some of your favorites at this early stage of the evaluation process? Yeah, it depends on what position you're looking at. Um, 
I mean, you look at the slide, I've been looking at the slide a little bit lately because you know, Jamison Crowder has got $11.5 million contract basis, and they're talking about maybe he'll be a cap casualty. Not that we really need the cap space, but, I mean, that's a lot to pay a, uh, a guy that's gets injured quite a bit. I mean, he was pretty good last year. This year he's a little injured, but, uh, you know, anyway, at Washington he was injured a few times. So, you know, you look at there, I mean, is a 2-2 Atwell, which is he's like 5-9. We only weighs like one like 160, but the guy is lightning quick, plays out of Louisville. I mean, he does – he's amazing. He looks like something out of a video game. Um, I just wrote an article on, on Chief Smith. The guy that's got really quick feet. I mean, really, really quick feet. And he doesn't run the greatest routes right now, but I mean, you can see he's right there. Every time he runs it really well, he's un- he's unco- uh, he's uncoverable. I mean, he just explodes into the open. Uh, but he's a guy that you can probably get, you know, the fifth round or later. Um, I mean, there's a few guys down there. I mean, depends. Uh, I've been looking at the like uh, you know Jayon Darling uh, from uh, North Texas. Another short guy, uh, five foot nine. He's like 170, 174. You know, it's it's when you start getting down to those one sixties, one seventies. You wonder how well they can handle the uh, NFL. It's because um, it's it's quite a different league from where they're playing. So you kind of like you you like the guy what he looks like, but you wonder how how exactly how long he's going to be able to last if he's if he's playing it at one sixty or one seventy. Now tell me, obviously the Jets have a lot of cap space this year, lots of draft capital, new head coach who presumably will be an upgrade. What do you think are reasonable expectations for the Jets in 2021? What do you think would make this a successful season? Um, To put us in the right direction. I mean, first of all, you have to be be an ascending team, and people will see that. I mean, and then you can draft, you can bring in more free agents that want to play for you. Um, but you have to be, you have to give the people something to play for your team, the team, all the people, the players on the team have to see that, Hey, we're moving in the right direction. We're, we're moving forward. Um, bringing a new quarterback. I mean, I, I like Sam Darnold to a, to an extent, but he's really not much of a leader. You know, I mean, you want somebody that wants to, to win and, and, you know, forces other guys to say, Hey, listen, we can do this, you know, and, and get out there and, and, and prove it on the field. And if you can bring in a guy that's a, that can, you know, put that, that emphasis behind the rest of the team, and then you add a few pieces to make us uh, respectable. Uh, I think that uh, the new coach, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I, you know, when, when we hired Gase, that's the guy I wanted us to hire originally. Um, I thought that he's, he's got the type of attitude. Players love him. I know Richard Sherman, like, he was talking well, back then. He was even saying how great this guy, he works so very hard, and he has all kinds of ideas he comes up with. He's not afraid to try new things. Um, but he wants to win, and he has that type of attitude where you can push the get players. And you know, I, I just think just hiring him right away is going to give you at least another couple of wins a year. So if we can keep moving in the right direction, bring in more talent, and then start developing that talent, that's what I really want to see for next year. Yeah, I agree. I think this coaching change is going to be worth a couple of wins. To be honest with you, I think that like the Jets fan base understands that the coaching was very bad, but. In some ways, like I feel like people kind of underestimate how bad it was and how much it held the team back. Yeah, I, I, I don't see where there was any light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you had an offensive coach that didn't teach offense, and his offensive coordinator was his lackey. So, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of, of you know, if, if, the, if the offense, you know, a lot of times the offensive coordinator will, will argue with the coach, hey, listen, we need to do it this way. These guys were lockstep with one another. They, they agreed on everything, and, it, and the offense was horrible. 
literally horrible. I, I mean, you watch the, you know, Sam Darnold, he got there and struggled, and he sat on the bench. No one came over to him so often and said, hey, listen, we need to do this. You look at, like, you know, what, what Andy Reid did with, with Holmes. You know, Mahomes, when he came in, he's a great talent. But his first year, he didn't play. You know, he didn't play. He played the last game of the year when it was a meaningless game. And he came over and talked to him after every single play. The next year he came in, every single time Mahomes came off the field, he would say, okay, did he bring over the, 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 the you know, his playbook and stuff like that and say, listen, this is what we ran. This is what you see on the screen here that you did. And we can do this. He talked to him every single time. He learned. It was learning every single time, not during the week, but right during the game. And so you see his development was, you know, through the roof. By the time that year, they ended up almost going to the Super Bowl. And then the next year, they won the Super Bowl because he developed that quarterback. You have to have, you know, coaches that are come in and are they're proactive. They see a problem. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it right now. Okay, let's, let's look at this right this second. Not wait until later in the week on Wednesday or Thursday or maybe forget to bring it up. I don't know. But I didn't see where there was any light at the end of the tunnel for, you know, any of the offense because everything was the same every week. They didn't do anything. No question about it. Now, let me ask you this. How confident are you that Joe Douglas is the right guy for the job as the general manager? Um. I'd say 80%. I mean, I, I think he has a good eye for talent. Um, I think, uh, you know, he, he learned as the right guy. I, I think he's still learning as a general manager. I think his talent eye is pretty good, but uh, he's learning, you know, what works and what doesn't. And that's, that's only going to come with time. Like I say, this last year, he, he went for more of like quantity instead of quality. I think he's going to rectify that this year and say, okay, well, I've got the X amount of dollars that I can spend. I'm going to spend it on two or three really good guys and bring them in and then, you know, change the attitude of the team. I know I, I wrote an article about the, uh, Dickerson, the, the center, and the one thing I said about him was that, you know, he's an attitude changer. He, he expects to bully other people. He expects to knock people over. He expects everybody on his line to work like he does. And just the attitude change itself would help, you know, the offense immensely. I mean, just – having people say, listen, we're going to win. It's not, we're not going to get, get, you know, we're not going to stop people. We're going to push people. We're going to, we're going to be the, you know, the agitators. We're going to be the people that are forcing other teams to have to worry about us, not the other way around. And I think that's, that, that's very important for a team also. All right. Well, Craig, thanks so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure to have you. Well, I look forward to it again. We've got a long time for the draft, so I'm sure we'll speak again. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.